The date is Friday, June 25th, and you're listening to Entertain This, a thought-provoking podcast encapsulating all things entertainment. It's the final Friday of the month, which means that we are joined by a special guest from the YouTube channel, The Scoop on the U, to talk a little bit about University of Miami's football team. He'll tell us about the hurricanes and the true value of college football as a form of entertainment. So enjoy. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. You are back in our neck of the woods. You're here for another amazing episode of your favorite show on the internet covering all things entertainment. You already know it's Entertain This. Entertain This. Oh my God, that I might know. have been your, your deepest one yet. With it. Yeah. <laughs> down and dirty, both. Yeah. Hoo-wee. Um. Before we start, I usually do a cold opening, but this time I'm going to plug something. Hey, we actually are using our YouTube channel for something other than posting our old episodes, and I want to mm-hmm. talk about it real quick. Um, so there's a Marvel series called Loki. You guys know about it? I've heard a bit about it. Yeah, All right, it's, cool. uh, it's pretty low-key. <laughs> no? No. All right. Oh, my... Oh my boy, my boy. Know, that's okay. Uh, Great. For thanks for effect. knocking out a few. Br- yeah. Thanks for knocking out a few brain cells right before the podcast. Yeah. It's just like <laughs> yep. gone. You're never hey back. guys, hold hold on with us. I know you kind of want to click off the podcast now, but we have a really great guest <laughs> with us today. Um, <laughs> anyway, we uh, we just posted two. We posted a video on our YouTube channel that is a discussion about the first two episodes of Loki. We're going to start releasing those every Wednesday. Um, every time that they release a new episode of Loki, we're going to do that to the end of the series. It stars me and friend of the show, Nick Wolf. So come and check that out. But without further ado, guys, it's the fourth Friday of the month, and you guys know what that means. At the end of each rotation, we, of course, bring a guest on to talk about something that maybe we don't know enough about to talk for an hour, or maybe just they have this incredible knowledge that uh, completely outweighs all of ours. And I think in this case, it's both, which is fantastic. Uh, Mm -hmm, We mm -hmm. have with us Paul from The Scoop on the U YouTube channel. Welcome. Ooh, appreciate up? it guys thank you uh, so much for having me on taking time out of your evening to uh let me join the show i greatly appreciate it yeah, yeah man thank thank you for taking your time <laughs> to come on to come on our show we'd be here no matter what it's just better that we're talking uh to you and not pretending that we brought a guest on because yes. we've done that before too and it doesn't play out well no <laughs> definitely I, this is probably my first like kind of podcast I've joined, I want to say that has nothing to do with sports. So definitely would be a unique experience. Yeah. <laughs> well, the For good sure, thing is man. we're at least like tangentially related. Like we've got something going there. We can still talk about it and still be on task. And we've definitely <laughs> done an episode on uh, the big game that yeah, we say super, for safety. Superb Al. That's the one. And, yeah, yep. and that one bled into being also kind of an XFL uh, type of. <laughs> yeah. of they found uh, that as like non-football fans, they found the XFL way more interesting than the Super Bowl. Yeah, <laughs> understandably so. It um, but tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell us about the scoop on the U um, and, and just just give it just give us everything you got. <laughs> yeah. So basically kind of like the behind the you know, the origin of the scoop on the YouTube channel. I am um, born and raised in Miami, Florida, uh, mm-hmm. university of Miami football, you know, bleed orange and green that, that mm-hmm. I'm completely passionate about it. Um, 
unfortunately, you know, I, I was born in 94. They won a national title in 2001, which I attended. 02, they played for a national title game again. There was a very controversial call where they they basically were the national champions. And then like 20 seconds later, there was a late flag. And Ohio State, the game went to overtime. And they won the national title. So I went to both of those games. But, you know, during that time span after, the, the program basically kind of slowly went down and wasn't what it used to be per se, um, because the history is very rich of the University of Miami. And we'll we'll get into kind of the story of the University of Miami, but you know, unfortunately, exactly. (laughs) Unfortunately, I I wasn't, uh, I didn't get to see, you know, the, the past 18 years haven't been the standard at the University of Miami. And I fast forward, I moved to Raleigh, North Carolina. I wasn't living in Miami, Florida. So for three years I was living there. And when you're not living in an area, surrounding area where there's there's not any University of Miami Hurricanes fans, there's North Carolina State, University of North Carolina, there's Duke University, basically. I mean, even Clemson now, there's fans left and right because they're winning. But ultimately, you know, a little bit, you know, if you want to talk Miami Hurricanes football, there's no one to talk to. And what happened was I back in my head, even as a kid, I always wanted to have a YouTube channel, you know, just talk Miami Hurricanes football. And. I, I, the program was during that one year, I think it was 2019 when I started, it just, I, I couldn't take anymore. I, I, I had to make a video. I was like, you know what, let's see what happens. Let's see who views it. Worst case scenario, you get 50 views. 10, I mean, it's not the end of the world. Let's just see what happens. If people hate it, they like it. So I did one video about, you know, just a rant because we lost the game. I got like 30, maybe 10 views, who knows? And I was like, well, I made one video on the public YouTube channel, you know, the whole world's going to see it per se. I can't stop now. So I made a second video the week later. And then I slowly started making more videos and people were subscribing to the channel and views were getting higher and higher. And I was like, you know, like, let's run with this. So, you know, here, two to three years later, I'm talking with you guys, I have over 6,000, I think I'm at 6,500 subscribers right now, roughly, um, less than three years in and, uh, you know, just great for the opportunity to be here with you guys. I've interviewed a lot of great guests from NFL head coaches, NFL former players, ESPN writers, highly credited writers. Um, very cool interview I just did it was with Lee Steinberg. If you remember the movie Jerry Maguire, mm-hmm. um, NFL sports agent, it was actually based off of Lee Steinberg. That was the real. And you didn't think that you'd fit in on this show coming at us with facts like that? <laughs> you fit in so well, man. He just dropped that in just casually, just like, nope. Yeah, you, guys, you guys know about Jerry Maguire, right? <laughs> So, you know, it's, it's really opened a lot of doors for me and I, the bleed podcast network, which is, you know, network where they have podcasts from different categories, whether it's sports or just things in general. Um, you know, they asked me to be a host for university of Miami football. So I was, you know, grateful enough to be the host for the university of Miami football, the inaugural podcast for the believe network. And it's really opened a lot of doors, got to meet a lot of great people and it's been a great ride. And I think the key is, is, you know, a lot of people, they want success right now or in the next seven days, the next year, but I'm looking long-term, you know, like I'm going to be doing this for 10 to 20 years. That's my plan. So, you know, just got to keep grinding, put out, 
out content every day. People ask me like, you know, Hey, like what's your secret? How are you, you know, getting, getting subscribers? How are you getting views? Are you using a podcast promoter? Like what's the shortcut? And it's not, it's, there's no shortcut. I'm putting out content every single day or every other day. And I think Mm -hmm. if you want to be successful, you have to put in the time and effort and you will see the results and, you know, find a target audience as well. And, you know, you'll see the results if it's passion and if you're doing it because you're passionate about it, then you'll be successful. But if you're doing it for money, I I don't think it's going to go far. But that's just my opinion could be completely wrong. But that's basically the the origins of the scoop on the U. It's just a passionate Miami Hurricanes football fan that loves uh, the University of Miami. Dude, that is so cool. I like that. uh, I like that. It just started as like, okay. I'm angry. I'm upset. I have to tell somebody this. You know what? (laughs) Screw it. I'm going to tell everybody. And everybody was on board because I imagine that in that moment, everybody was feeling that same thing. Um, One thing that I do kind of want to double back on, you were talking about that game with the bad call. And I don't know if you saw my face at the time. (laughs) Or Uh, my face for that matter. No, I I did not. I was just zoomed in. I was actually where I was at the game when that whole scenario played off and how angry. Oh man, dude, you were like disassociating back to a traumatic event and I'm about to, so just so you know, and so we can clear the air, we're three boys from Cincinnati. Oh my now that doesn't, God. Now that doesn't mean, hold being up. a Cincinnati native, I mean, full disclosure, hold you can worse than me. Set up, was this a trap and you guys are all <laughs> like Ohio State Buckeyes fanatics just to like, <laughs> I won't do it. On me. Lucky. This was like, this was all set up for this 100%. Moment. Yep. <laughs> Got us. Uh, luck- <laughs> luckily, you you stumbled onto the podcast of three Cincinnati boys, who two of which know almost nothing about college sports. So I think that you're safe. <laughs> I think that you're. I think that you're within. Uh, you're within friendly company. He's barely holding uh, on. That was two twists in one one <laughs> sentence. He was like, Whoa. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Our, like pe- people say, our, our guest our guest experience uh, is generally a roller coaster of emotion oh, and yeah. facts. So, <laughs> so I hope you're buckled up. Um, you talked about the, the history of the university, uh, and I'm very pumped about that. So do you want to get into the history for us? Get, get in that kind of story. Let's so it, man. interesting, interesting thing about the university of Miami, like it, it's a small school, modern day, like 12,000 people tops, like generally the programs that are winning in college football, history wise, your Nebraska's, your Notre Dame's, your Michigan's, your Alabama's, like those are public universities, not Notre Dame, I don't believe, but they have a huge student body and a huge following. University of Miami, like back in the day, I'm talking like 70s, 60s, before they even started becoming popular, was called like Sunshine State U. But, but ultimately, you get a bunch of people from the Northeast go to this small private school that, like, hey, like, you know, you have the beach, you know, small town Miami at the time. There's nothing really going on. So, Sports in general, like Miami wasn't good at anything, like literally. I mean, they were they were literally nobodies in the sport of college football. And they hired this guy named Howard Schnellenberg, okay, to, to be their head coach. And he was really the pioneer of Miami Hurricanes football. He basically set up a wall. He's like, look, there's a lot of great talent in the South Florida area, which is in Palm Beach County, Broward County, and Miami-Dade County. And he just focused in on recruiting the best players from those three counties and basically built a white fence around it. And ultimately, he had a four-year plan 
Bernie Kosar, I believe, was his quarterback against Nebraska, and he won us our first national title game. And he went to basically what happened after he he beat Nebraska in a crazy – I think they went for a two-point conversion last play of the game. We deflected the pass. The, re, the rest is history. We won our first wow. title at the University of Miami. He goes to the USFL, which was like – like you mentioned XFL um, before mm-hmm. – it's kind of like, hey, like a competition league with the NFL. He leaves. We hire Jimmy Johnson. If you follow sports, like Jimmy Johnson when ends up becoming a Hall of Fame coach for the yeah. Dallas Cowboys. The rest is history. But we hire him from Oklahoma State. Okay, take this back in the 80s. You know, like Oklahoma State, getting a head coach from there. Like that's really random to coach at the mm-hmm. University of Miami. You know, you really have to have a vision to hire someone and be that successful, not only at the University of Miami, but for the Dallas Cowboys as well. We hire Jimmy Johnson. He wins us a national title. Um, By the way, I mean, Jimmy Johnson, great coach, great character. I mean, very, I mean, once in a lifetime, I think, personality. And, you know, the success just keeps pouring in. Then we get Dennis Erickson from all the way in the state of Washington because our we switched ADs. We had eight, our athletic director was Tad Foot, and he was the former athletic director from Washington State. And so he was already familiar with Coach Erickson. He brings him on board and he win, wins two national titles with us. Okay. And he also gets an NFL head coaching job as well. That's the whole thing about the University of mm-hmm. Miami. Every head coach we had that's had success at the University of Miami goes on and coaches in the NFL. And we're recruiting nonstop. I mean, we're, we created this culture in college football where the unsportsmanlike conduct rule was basically named the, the University of Miami rule, the Miami rule. <laughs> <laughs> because the crazy thing about Miami Hurricanes football was. We would talk crap. I don't. Sorry if I can't curse on here. I apologize. No, you're good. Go ahead. You can. <laughs> you can smoke, drink, or curse. Uh, we. Well, yeah. We, we warned people triangle. at the beginning. In our first episode, I was like, guys, should this be like a podcast where we like cuss and are like, like on on the podcast? You can listen back. And I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. We're gonna say fuck. Fuck is a thing we're gonna say. That's that's yeah. just it. So fuck, like fuck, that. fuck. There it is. So you're good. The behind the scenes, you know, of the University of Miami, we would talk trash to your face. We were the assholes. We, yeah. would, we would slap you in the face and we would back it up and win by 50 every single <laughs> game. Literally. Yeah. Yeah. It was like the bullies were winning football games and you couldn't compete. And Pardon my pun. You guys were... Miami. <laughs> You guys were hurricanes. You came in, you wrecked shit, and then you left. I know. I, they had to create FEMA after us and the American Red Cross. But ultimately, that's what we would do. And we then hired Butch Davis because we got through NCAA violations. There were sanctions. I mean, mm-hmm. like, I'm, I'm sure there were. I mean, you're in Miami during a mm-hmm. very interesting time. I mean, who knows? Everybody and their mom hated us. So you know what? NCA just went after us. They put us on you know, violations under Coach Erickson. Butch Davis comes in, has to restructure the entire football program, and literally is one of the greatest recruiters in the game of college football. Creates the greatest college football team of all time, which had literally 17 first round picks over that whole time span. Yeah, yeah. He was not able to coach that team to its 
fifth national title game because he took the job, the Cleveland Browns job, takes the Cleveland Browns job for, and like I said, every head coach that Miami hires takes an NFL head coaching job. So he goes to the Cleveland Browns and then Larry Coker takes over the greatest college football team ever assembled. I mean, like players going to the NFL. I mean, you want to bring out comparisons. Hey, you want to bring out college stats? That's different. But talent wise, that's the greatest of all time. Hands down. You can't argue. Larry Coker takes over and he he, like, he didn't really know. Like you could have put like Helen Keller as the head coach for that team. They still <laughs> would have won a national title. I'm not even kidding. You have 17 NFL first round draft picks on that football team. Like literally it doesn't matter who's coaching it. They're going to, they're going to win leads them to their fifth national title game. And then the following year they play for another national title game against Ohio state. And that should have been their six, but unfortunately there was a, you know, a late call, very controversial. My whole thing about it was like, if you're going to call a flag, if you're going to call a penalty, do it on the spot. Why wait 20 seconds later? Right, so right. unfortunately, we didn't win our sixth national title game um, from there. And then Larry Coker, like like I said, he wasn't really the, the appropriate head coach to lead the team to a to success and the program slowly got worse and worse we played for the orange bowl in 03 we won the orange bowl against florida state which is like our big rival um we beat them twice that year so that that's always nice um we played for the peach bowl the following year we won that but you know i went through national title winning the national title losing the national title game to winning the orange bowl to winning the Peach Bowl, and then we played for the Peach Bowl the following year, and we lost it. You see, so we got a little bit worse and worse as the years went on. And then after we lost the Peach Bowl, we had a brawl with LSU in the tunnel, which is like typical Miami fashion. Like, we're going to fight you either way. <laughs> Yo, I love the this. There's always going to so be, <laughs> be a fight with Miami Hurricanes football. That's just, that's just uh, how it is. That. Either way. And um, yeah, no, the program just slowly dwindled down, got worse and worse, and Larry Coker's final year, we got a we got in a big brawl with FIU, which is like our FIU's in Miami as well. It's actually a bigger college. Like everyone in Miami like attends FIU. Nobody attends Miami. All the New Yorkers, mm-hmm. people from the Northeast, they're very wealthy. Attend Miami. It's a private institution, so it's very expensive. So that's like a little inner, uh, not inner, sorry, like a city rivalry. And, you know, we had a fight with FIU. We blew them out by like 35. But, you know, after that, the program just wasn't doing well. We got rid of Larry Coker. We hired some awful head coaches. And, you know, modern day, we're, we're trying to – we've had all this success that's passed us in all these years. And everyone's trying to replicate and rewrite that history and become the old Miami. But – in my opinion, I feel like as a as an identity of a football program, you have to rewrite your own history. And, you know, all these recruits coming in saying, oh, we're going to bring Miami back. It's like, well, rewrite your own history at the University of Miami. Wear mm-hmm. your own numbers. as Wear your own jersey numbers. You have your last name on your back. You, ha- you represent the University of Miami. Create your own identity at the University of Miami. And it hasn't been the same. And I don't, th- I don't know. It, it's very difficult to replicate that history, that past, that rich tradition we had of being NFLU, you know, winning all these national titles and dominating the sport of college football. So 
we're in an interesting phase where, you know, Miami hasn't been the same. It still has that aura in college football. It's the University of Miami. Everybody and their mom wants to put you on your schedule, you know, Mm -hmm. to play you because of your rich history. But, you know, unfortunately, the program hasn't been the same, but the passion is still alive within the fan base. And a lot of recruits still appreciate the history and that NFL pipeline the University of Miami carries. Yeah, man. That's awesome. I guess that kind of yeah. explains it why you're uh, why you're rooting for that team. So I don't really have a good reason for interesting. The for. So interesting. The University of Miami used to play in the stadium called the Orange Bowl, right? It yeah. was an old rustic stadium. I'm telling you, man, like to win in the rustic. Orange Bowl. Yeah, very rustic, very old. Yeah, Miami had a 58 home game winning streak, longest ever in the nation. Anybody who played in that stadium, they're, they're like. Their visiting locker rooms were like a piece of crap. Like literally, it was not, there was Mm -hmm. no AC. Nothing was like refurnished. Like it was shit. And it was, Miami's like very humid and hot. It's a very intense environment. Like Miami Hurricanes fans, like nobody, not a lot of people attended the University of Miami that went there. So it's just like local people. And the neighborhood of Little Havana is like, it's a very cool neighborhood. If you guys follow soccer at all, it, I can compare it to like La Boca, which is where like Boca Junior plays. Um, mm-hmm. It's very intense. Like you're there and you're like, where the hell am I? You know, like it's very daunting. And they're like the 70, the 72 Dolphins went undefeated in playing in the Miami Orange Bowl. Okay, so here's the correlation. The Dolphins have never been the same since they left that stadium. And the Miami Hurricanes have never been the same as well. If it's a close game where Miami's down by seven points in the fourth quarter, there's a good chance they're going to win that football game. There's a good chance the Miami Dolphins win that football football game because it's very intense. It's very draining and tiresome to win a football game all four quarters in the Orange Bowl. And when that stadium, they destroyed it, they built modern-day Marlins Park, we moved to Hard Rock Stadium where the Dolphins play. Hasn't been the same because you know what? Hard Rock Stadium is very modern. Very, It's a new stadium, brand new, renovated. Your visiting team locker rooms have great AC, um, you know, amazing lockers. You know, your your, your visitors, the, the attending the game, the away fans, they're, they're, in, they're in paradise. And mm-hmm. the Orange Bowl was literally hell. Like when Miami would score a touchdown – crumbles of the stadium would fall on top of me as a little kid i was nervous i was like yo like i hope we don't score right now because i'm scared it's gonna like fall on me like that was the orange bowl and just nothing could replicate what that stadium held and people call it the orange dump all the time it it, it wasn't a dump okay it was home field advantage that's mm-hmm. what the miami orange bowl replicated and that's why we were so successful throughout all these years I yeah. didn't I didn't get the correlation between you talking about the crappy visitor locker rooms until you talked about how nice they are in the new one. And so far, here's what I've gathered. And I love comfortable. it. Yeah. Here's what I've gathered about Miami University culture. You're knocked down, drag out, hard hitting like you'll get in a fight with people. They know what to expect when they get there. Not only is that the attitude that you bring to the field, but when they show up, you guys are like, go get in your pig shit. That's where you belong. <laughs> like that was the locker room that you offered to them. And I think that that is so funny and I love it a lot. Mm-hmm. So I'm in like already. You've convinced me like <laughs> my fandoms won over for sure. 
Like Miami Hurricanes fans, like not only are they like rude and disrespectful to like other teams fans, because they are like, I'm not one of those people. Like, I don't want to be disrespectful to someone. You almost left the podcast because we're from Ohio, but it's fine. That's fine. Yeah, that's cool. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> like we're, we're not like the nicest fan base. And so like we're really mean and, you know, it's it's just it wasn't a good environment for like opposing visiting teams to enter during that time span. And so it was just very hostile. In my opinion, that's just the culture, you know, for any football game, like a Philadelphia Eagles football game. They talk about their fan base being the worst. Well, you know, they riot. They riot. Yeah. (laughs) And the funny thing is, Miami Hurricanes fans, we would get in fights with ourselves. It's like <laughs> we all rooted for the same team and we couldn't even stand each other. We would fight each other. We were literally like <laughs> hooligans. It was like English football hooligans rooting for the University of Miami, which is like an elite school. Like academically, it's like top 50 in the nation. It's better than Florida and Florida State. It's not me just saying that as an opinion. Like academically, it's really good. <laughs> mm-hmm. So did you did you experience any of the the ruckus when you were just a young boy at these games? All the time. All the time. It it was like in me. It was in me. Like if someone was talking trash and opposing team, like I would just bark at them like a Rottweiler, like a pit bull, you know, like just an animal. It was just in me as like a young kid. (laughs) Yeah. Like little little 12 year old you yelling at some drunk dude with a beer. And he's like, all right, man, cool it. Cool it. Yeah, yeah, basically. that's awesome. I mean, just teach him young, you know. Teach him young for, for sure. sure. It's hardcore. Yeah. It's like the Florida man of uh, of college football teams. If I have that right, you've seen the you've seen the Florida Makes man sense. memes. I, I assume you're up on that. Not trying to insult you or anything. <laughs> no, like, like the thing about like the state of Florida is like like being like I'm I'm in Miami right now. I'm born and raised. Like like we have a saying like if you're from like Miami like you know like it's Miami and then the rest of Florida. Like if you ask me if I've been to Broward County, Palm Beach County, or like any other county, like, I can't name you towns in North Florida. Like the only mm-hmm. time I like drive throughout Florida is like Miami to Orlando just to visit Disney World. Like that's it. Like that's the only time I don't stop anywhere else. You know, like I don't yeah. spend of time in the rest of florida i'm not putting down the rest of florida there's there's i'm sure there's great spots i've been to amelia island for example that was a pretty area but like we just i just stay in miami like if people from brooklyn manhattan they stay in their neighborhood you know they stay in their block and like it's, it's the same thing in miami you just stay in miami you know that's just how we we think you know we just evaluate things and that that's just us as a city yeah yeah for yeah, sure I, I totally get that i don't know if there's really I don't know if I'd really fight with someone over like Cincinnati sports teams. <laughs> that just seems like a foreign concept to know. me because we suck. <laughs> let's be honest. But the Reds, the Reds know, are year, the Reds are doing okay this year. The Reds okay? aren't yeah. doing too I bad. Mean, Baseball is my too, sport. Like, That's where I'm at. Yeah, there you go. And I'll say too, as a Steelers fan growing up in Cincinnati, I've definitely felt the need yeah. of to fight other people over sports, <laughs> <laughs> like actual fist fight, and just like. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it happens. I don't know why we hate the Steelers so much. It's for silly reasons. Oh, but, you I mean, don't know why. <laughs> I mean, I I kind of understand, but at the same time, it's like it's just a rivalry like anything else. It's like why do we hate these people? Pittsburgh's an okay <laughs> place, I guess. We're not talking about that right now. We could yeah. do. I'll do a quick this someday explaining why Michael and I had tension at the beginning of our friendship. We're here to talk about oh, yeah. Miami University. Miami University football, yeah. And I mean before. Before the 1920s, I think Florida was pretty much no man's land, if you think about it, because that was before they invented air conditioning. So you just got to sit there in the heat all day 
and sweat it out. And it's humid down there too. So yeah, if you want to talk about a hostile environment, like that's it. You're outside, you're sweating your ass off on the football field. You're like, oh, I can't wait to get in some air conditioning. <laughs> that's what I'd and be And then you find for. out, guess what? Your your locker room doesn't have air conditioning. Great, <laughs> they, thanks guys. They didn't yeah. give it to <laughs> you. You're basically asking the visiting team to sit in a sauna for the first, like an hour before the game even starts. It gets humid yeah. in there, yeah. Oh yeah. It's no wonder. It's no wonder that Florida teams don't lose games in that in that kind of environment. <laughs> Not only that, but their their locker room's probably air conditioned. Wow. <laughs> That's uh, crazy. So I guess so, I kind of get that. I mean, the nerd in me wants wants to say like cuz I don't I don't watch football games. I'm not I'm not like sitting there, you know, on Sunday evenings because I'm at church praying. No, I'm kidding. Um, but <laughs> I guess the the nerd in me wants to ask is like, where's the um, the entertainment value in this? Because a lot of people like sports. I just haven't gotten into it for some reason. But I'm looking for kind of like what what is the thing that that you can say to get me to entertain this? You know. Hey, Paul, I just want you to know that from from this point of the podcast on, uh, Michael and I would like to separate ourselves from Nick. Uh, (laughs) But he offers a good question. Yes. So interesting, you know, about um, college football is, you know, like every game like really matters. Like if you lose a game in college football, like it's going to be very decisive. Like you're like primarily like you you can maybe like lose one game and like you have to win the rest like if you lose two games like you're not playing for the national title game you know you there's a lot of things that hold so like every game really does matter you know and and there's a lot of upsets as well i mean we saw michigan appalachian state for example that was a huge upset you know like i feel like in other sports per se like not every game matters like in the nfl like okay like you can lose a couple games not the end of the world you can still win your division maybe you can sneak into the wild card or like college football like if you lose a couple games like your season's basically over you're not going to compete for the national title game you know and then you have these rivalries like you know you have like college towns where per se like every Everything is fixated around the football program, like Tallahassee, Florida. There is nothing else but the the Florida State University, mm-hmm. you know, University of Florida, Gainesville. These are small country bunk towns, you know, where like there's nothing else going on. And economically speaking, these towns revolve around, you know, football and the athletics of the university. And that really is what drives the town economically, restaurants and bars and the university itself. So, you know, you have literally a whole entire college town on a Saturday night. Everyone is just pausing what they're doing and focusing on this game, whether they're at the bar drinking, attending the football game. And if they win, it's going to be a great party that night. But if not, it's going to be depressing. But, you know, it it truly is. There's a lot of culture and background that goes into it and passion. And, you know, this goes on. There's only 12 games every single season. And I think it's passed down from generation to generation. I think if your your father, your parents, your family members, if they're passionate about it, they took you to the games. It, you know, it, it trickles down to you as well. So yeah, that, you know, if you, if you like that passionate side of it, you know, I think you can enjoy it, you know, just that whole, you know, environment of everyone just watching a game. There's so much pressure intense and, you know, the, the city itself, the town, um, kind of the background towards it as well, focusing on the game. Yeah. And there's, yeah, man. I mean, like anything else, there's always more than meets the eye. Because some people would just look at a, a football game and they'd be like, all right, it's just some dudes passing around football. They're getting tackled. Um, and that's 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 all there is. But there's also like, there's a strategy involved. There's, 
you know, like you said, there's the community coming together and watching the game. Like it's a huge deal. And something I didn't know in comparison to like NFL teams, because there's like what, how many NFL teams do we have? Like 24 or something? It's not a big ma- number, but colleges, college, every, every college and their brother has a team. So it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, games are going to matter because, yeah, let's say, you know, University of Cincinnati loses a game. It's like, oh, that's it. That was your one shot and you blew it. So, um, yeah, <laughs> I can definitely see how every game matters. And yeah. it's a and pride I, thing, oh, I yeah, think. Big time. Hometown sure. pride, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think kind of the add on that, too, is like, yeah, like for me, like I'm personally more of a fan of the NFL just because like I was raised to be like a really big Steelers fan by my parents. But mm-hmm. when you take a look at like college football, uh, college football does not have the same sort of like commercialization. It does not have the same like star power, um, at least like to some extent. Um, and the big thing that you really get out of college football that you don't get out of the NFL is this really like personal aspect to it. Like you feel like you can tell that the players are really putting are putting their heart and soul because for most of them, this is going to be their last chance to play the game before they have to go off into the real world. And they're putting everything they have into it. And you can feel that. Yeah. And I I would assume for some people, like if they want to go pro, this is the time that it matters the most. Like in in high school, you worried about being like recruited by a college. But in college, it's like. Am I going to be a draft pick? Am I going to make it to my dream of being in the NFL? Am I good enough for that? So mm-hmm. that that probably puts a lot of stress on the line, you know? Yeah, and unless unless you're like a generational talent, you have to perform at your best every single time you play. Yeah, like daunting. otherwise you lose out on millions and millions of dollars. <laughs> I think that uh, that's a good opportunity to segue into um, what if you had to name drop or if you had an inspirational story of sorts out of Miami University of somebody who made it big, made it to the to the big game, made it to NFL. Um, do you have like maybe a favorite or just a couple of names? That's tough. <laughs> OK, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So like for some reason, like when I was like a little kid, like my favorite number was five. Like I when I played like baseball or whatever, I'd wear number five, just anything in general. I don't know why that number stuck with me. And so like when the first game I remember, I was, you know, the national title game against Nebraska in 01. I, I see it like number five on the field. And I'm like, oh, I wonder if that guy's good. Like he that's my favorite number. I'm going to be rooting for him. And, you know, he was a wide receiver. He wore number five at the University of Miami. And, you know, he he was phenomenal. You know, and the NFL yeah. as well. I think he played for a pretty crappy, you know, Houston Texans team, but he was a very low key guy. Didn't really, you know, he wasn't like your typical wide receivers that you see, like Chad Ochocinco and Antonio <laughs> Brown, Terrell Owens, that need a lot of attention. And he, you know, he did his job, and you know, he got it done per se. And you know, he he's he's a Miami guy. He's from the city of Miami. He attended Miami Senior High School and the oldest high the oldest high school in the city of Miami. He went to the University of Miami. And he is the definition of what the city of Miami represents. And, you know, I think for me that that's one guy who I think doesn't get enough recognition and attention. And that, that's probably because he's not very outspoken. I respect that as well. I'm the same way. Yeah. I'm very private. And, you know, I, honestly, for me, like a guy like Andre Johnson, uh, really bleeds uh, orange and green represents the city of Miami. I, th- I think that's the perfect example right there. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, now, you said that your 
um, experience as a YouTuber has offered you a lot of opportunities to like talk with people. Uh, and I kind of led on to that as well. But are there any players who maybe since you have started, you've gotten to speak to that you're like, this guy's going somewhere? <sighs> Great question. Uh, there was there was one kid I interviewed. His name was Omarion Miller, class of 2023. I think like when I like class of 2023, which is like next year. Um, yeah. Stud wide receiver, and you know he's pretty. He's you know he came from a small town in Louisiana, like a small town, like Louisiana. I mean, it's not like as a state itself, it's not very economically you know doing well. You know, I'm just being real. Um, you know, he was doing our interview like from a bus, a yellow bus, I want to say. Uh, I'm not sure if he was coming from practice or what was the situation, but you know, he said, you know, I'm from a town where like a lot of people don't really make it out. And I thought that, I, that really hit me, that statement. I'm really pulling for the kid, and I, I think he's really going to be a great player. I don't Wherever college he attends, you know, whether it's University of Miami or, you know, another big-time program. But, you know, guys like that, I mean, just, just really interviewing these recruits and just getting their personality and, you know, if they're punctual, like, hey, interviews at 8 p.m., can you come on? If they're there early, if they're on at 8, or maybe they come really late, you know, you, you pick up on little things and how they speak. And it, it really does impress me. And another good recruit that I interviewed, Ruben Bain Jr., who's like the number one defensive end in the class of 2023. Mm-hmm. He attends Miami Central. And, you know, he he's very punctual. He's always grateful at, at the end of the interview. He say, hey, thank you guys for having me on. I greatly appreciate it. Class act kid. You know, things like that I get really impressed by. And the talent's already there. That's why we're interviewing them. You know, they're getting offered by the University of Miami. They're, they're going to be great players one day. But... You know, things like that, I'm just like, wow, like at that age, I probably didn't have that personality, that etiquette. So, you know, that's really what uh, really inspires me, I would say, you know, with those experiences. Yeah. Well said. Yeah. So, I mean, what what are the like most interesting parts of covering like any aspect of college football is absolutely the recruiting side. It's like the closest you can get to like the draft uh, for the NFL. It's just building up those assets. And it's like, it's really awesome to get to see like how a school is able to convince these kids to come. And it all plays into that backstory of like the school you're coming to has this history. Like uh, it's so easy to just pull from like, the old 2000, 2001 Miami hurricanes and just look at all that talent and like how much publicity and how awesome it was and how much fun they had. Um, yeah. So, so what would you say for you is like your favorite part of what you do? Is it like recruiting, like interviewing the recruits or getting to cover different news stories? Yeah. Re- recruiting's fun. I mean, like ultimately like the best part is like looking at it is like people actually like care what I have to say about the university of Miami football program. Um, just opening its doors itself. I mean, I've interviewed Brian McKinney, um, Randall Hill, who, if you guys, like, I don't know if you guys know, like Miami played Texas and like, he's famous for this dance he did in the tunnel. The game's very infamous. If you look it up, uh, so that was pretty cool. And just the doors it's opened itself. Like I mentioned, like Lee Steinberg, Lee Steinberg, like the inspiration to the movie, Jerry Maguire, for example, and just like being able to connect with ESPN writers and people who I used to live, listen to on the radio locally growing up as a kid or just writers. I used to just read off, you know, just 
to get information from the University of Miami as a fan and now being able to connect with them like we're doing right here uh, in an interview setting. I think ultimately, you know, that this just an amazing experience. And, you know, it, it's just opened so many doors and just it's I'm grateful for the amount of doors it's open. And I'm, I'm curious, you know, how far it can go 10 years, 20 years from now. I don't know how far it will go, you know, cause things get in the way and I think consistency is key, but just those little experiences and interviews and the fact that they appreciate, you know, what I'm doing, I, I greatly appreciate it, you know? Yeah, for sure. It's, it's really funny to hear you talk about all this stuff because I can, like, even if you didn't tell us what year you were born, I could probably guess around what year you were born because all of the different, like, like events that you talk about are exactly what match up with me too. So like you talk about the 2000, 2001 hurricanes, like that was like something I grew up hearing about and watching. Uh, and then you even mentioned like the Appalachia state Michigan game. Like that is like for us in our heads, that is like the upset. <laughs> like anytime that you need to talk about it, like I, right for sure. It's like, I, I specifically remember like every single morning before school, uh, like pop it on sports center. And for like a good month, two months, that was all that was talked about. Uh, so it's, it's, I don't know. It's just really fun to see how like different areas and different like viewpoints uh, are impacted by all those different events. Um, so let's see. So the, what was it like growing up in Miami during that period of the 2000 and 2001 team? Cause like, it was like the equivalent of like an NCAA football of like the attitude era in like wrestling. <laughs> like you can't come any closer to that. Just having that many big names on a single team, having that much energy and attitude too. Cause I mean, it was like what Ed Reed, Sean Taylor, Vince Wilfork. Um, hey, that's Frank a name Gore. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like all pro all time names. Yeah, I mean, I, it's crazy because I was like, I was 2001, I was probably like seven years old, eight years old. So like, I don't really like kind of get to acknowledge it. Like, like I've been to, like, if you go somewhere when you're seven or eight, you don't really appreciate it as like, so like now when you're 20, 21, 22, you know, it's, you, you kind of remember it more than like 15 years ago per se. And like, that's just my opinion. But I think like looking back at it, you know, I, I think kind of people took it for granted. I would say the experience, you know, I think people were used to the success the university of Miami had beforehand. So this was kind of like, Oh wow. Like, you know, we're doing great again. You know, things are looking great. I think maybe a little bit of spoiledness, like we, it was just the expectation was to win football games at the University of Miami. And, you know, it's just, it was kind of one of those moments where like it, that really happened, you know, you like, you have to slap me, you know, for it to really, you know, kick in. And, you know, I, I don't know if we can ever replicate that. And that's the intriguing thing behind your question was, you know, that time in history is like, I don't think that will ever be replicated. Um, during the University of Miami football team, Alabama's doing a lot of things that are similar to what the University of Miami has been doing now. So I think we're seeing that with Alabama, but at, focusing on the University of Miami, I don't think we can ever replicate that again as a program because honestly, I, I don't think you can outdo that really. So, you know, I, I think we're very spoiled as a fan base and during that time, I don't know if we really appreciated that moment. Yeah, it's, it's really interesting to you compare like the University of Miami then to like Alabama now, 
And the thing that I see that's so different is like Alabama football is all about like doing everything pro style, mechanically solid, like fundamentals to a T where when I think about the older like Miami football team, it's like everyone is just like running their own show. Everyone's just doing whatever their instincts are telling them to do. It's just because of the best of the best. They're able to just destroy everyone. The longest yard energy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you want to put it like that? <laughs> yeah, oh it's crazy. I guess if he, if if I may tack on a question here that's not offensive to Floridians, um, what what is something that the team can do tomorrow to get them back to that level that they were at 2001 to 2002? I know oh, it's not that's a like big one question. Thing. I know it's not one thing. It's probably a collection of things. But if there was something that the head coach would wake up tomorrow and be like, you know what? I should do X. What would that be? I should get a time machine. Yeah. First thing, <laughs> get a time machine. <laughs> you know, I think a lot of players we have now, like they try to replicate what the past was. We're like, hey, we're going to talk shit. We're going to slap you in the face. We're going to fight you. And then we're going to win by 40. We're going to beat you in a football game. And you can't replicate that. You're not that. You don't have the talent. You're you're never going to be those guys. You know, that, that that was in the past. You have to put your head down, be humble, and, you know, work hard. And I think a lot of players we have right now at the University of Miami, I'm, not a lot, I would say. I think it's changing slowly. They want things given to them, and they expect because they wear the orange and green, they represent the University of Miami, it's going to be handed to them, and success will come just because they're playing for the University of Miami. And I, I just, I think, you know, be more humble, put your head in the ground, you know, for quite a while, like Miami would have a lot of pre scuffles or after scuffle, you know, games um, where they lost. And it's, it's ridiculous, you know, like why so much cockiness? Like why not just be more humble, you know, and just embrace, like you're not that good and work for it, you know, take you, you can't per se, no one's going to give you anything in life. You have to take it from people. You have to work hard yeah. from, so you know what, you know, have that mentality more. And I just, you know, I, hopefully it changes. I don't know if it will, but you know, it's more of a culture thing and we'll see what happens. You know, we'll see what happens a year from now, two years, three years. So, yeah. so even with all that in mind and, um, you kind of feeling that way right now, I like that you still talk about how you want to see where this YouTube channel is going to go in 10 years, because for you, it's like no matter what they are, whether they are uh, not doing great, whether they're champions, whatever they become, whatever they are, I, I can tell you're going to be there and you're going to be reporting on it, which is it just says so much about your character. And I respect that a lot. Mm -hmm. I appreciate that. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not easy. Like our fan base is very like, I, I hate like the comparison is like an Oakland Raider fan base where like, it's very rough and like, they're going to tell you if you suck, you suck, you know? So you got to have thick skin and you know, I, I, I see a lot of YouTube channels come up, new ones and even older ones who they stop making videos after two years, you know? Cause it's, mm -hmm. it's very, it's a grind. And I think that's in general, like, you know, people after a year, six months, two years, three years, four years, like, like, like it's, you know, everything's very replicated nothing's really going. It's not going anywhere. I can walk away. You know, the, the interesting thing about my YouTube channel is I'm showing my face. I have over 6,000 subscribers, you know, every single day. So like, if I stop, I feel like I'm letting people down. And then everyone who doubted me and said, I would never be successful with this channel. I would succumb to nothing. Then they went 
you know, those, those guys win. So that's what really keeps me motivated and my passion for the university of Miami. And, you know, I, I truly believe, you know, if you do things the right way, good things will come. You work hard, keep your head down and stay humble. Cause believe me, it's, it's very easy to not take the high road on a lot of things. And, you know, I, I think just keep putting your head down and just stay humble and take the high road at all times. And, you know, that, that's what really drives me is to see where this end goal is, what, what's going to, you know, what doors will open because in less than three years, all these doors have already opened. Imagine five years from now, 10 years, you know, what else is going to come from this? So, you know, and also too, like, just like, I feel like people don't want to get out of their comfort zone, including myself. There's times where like, I don't really want to do that. Cause I feel like I'm going to look like a fool, you know, and then just slowly getting out of your comfort zone and going into, you know, testing the waters where you're really, you feel like you're weaker in or very uncomfortable in it'll, it'll really make you stronger as a person and your channel as well or whatever you're working on. So, yeah, man, I think that there's a pretty good comparison between you and your YouTube channel and Miami university and their football team in the sense that like, we're going to stick through it through the hard stuff and we're going to work. And for that reason, it's going to be successful. And I can I can see that you and what you do, you're going to be uh, relatively successful, I think, at least oh, in yeah. my personal opinion. <laughs> I, I appreciate it. It's It's been a grind. Like the crazy thing is like, I, I don't know if you guys face this per se, but like University of Miami, like I'm not the only YouTube channel. I'm not the only you know person that covers the team, but like, oh, we face that of, all the time. <laughs> there's like a lot of like hate out there and like negative, like just jealousy. Like nobody wants to see you do better than them. It's unfortunate, you know, like there's really like a lot of hate out there. So like, I just don't really care. That's the reason why, like, I don't really care to collaborate with other people. Cause like I've experienced that so many times and it's just all jealousy and hate. I'm just like, you know what? Like, I'm just going to do my own thing. Just leave me alone. And that's it. Like, you know, <laughs> so yeah. Hey, yeah. going to hate. That's how it always turns exactly. out. No, hundred percent. That's what they say. <laughs> So wrapping, wrapping this up, wrapping up the interview, we're about to hit our uh, hour mark here in the next 10 minutes. Um, let's take some time. We've talked about the past. We've talked about the present to an extent. But you say you, you put out videos every day. So I'm sure you're going to have plenty to say on this. What is going on right now with Miami University? If you were giving us the rundown on what the team is going through right now, how they're looking the fall's coming up, so a new season's coming. Um, what's it looking like for the future of Miami? Well, we played the Alabama Crimson side the first game of the regular season coming up, so that's uh, that's always fun in a very sarcastic way. I'm expecting <laughs> us to lose. Like, if we beat Alabama, like, they'll probably make a movie after that, I'll be honest. <laughs> <laughs> and then we'll cover it here. Yeah, we'll cover yeah, it on yeah, this yeah. channel, and we'll get full circle, man. <laughs> exactly. So... By the way, our starting quarterback, um, this past, the last game of the season, he tore his ACL, so he's like recuperating from that. And so he'll be ready to go against Alabama, but like you tore your oh, yeah. ACL, like you know what I mean? Like it's not mm-hmm. the that's like a pretty bad injury. So we're dealing with that, but like personnel wise, like I think we have a pretty solid team, better than years past. Ideally, you should win 10 games on this schedule. There's always going to be like, I'm you're going to lose to Alabama. Then you have North Carolina, which is a tricky game for us. They're a pretty good team. Great quarterback, great offense as a whole. We got blown out by them last year. So now we're playing away this time. Um, but no, like ideally we should go 10 and two. 
on schedule. Our recruiting is getting better. Hopefully, that's going to be a hot top topic. I actually have a show on that tonight regarding recruiting. We're having a lot of recruits visit the campus, but I would say the program's trending upward. But you know, the regular season can change a lot. I, I hope it's a good year. I think it will be a good year, but. I don't know. Like Coach Manny Diaz, he's, uh, I feel like he says a lot, but not a lot of action. You know, he doesn't really back up the talk. He, uh, in his first press conference at Miami, he said he was going to win now and he didn't win now. And mm. he put a lot of pressure <laughs> upon himself. So, yeah, we'll see what happens. It's, it's a very, a lot of question marks going on. This, this new hire of Coach Manny Diaz is really going to either make or break the program. Either we're going to advance five years or we're going to really go backwards in five years. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think uh, you'll ever score an interview with the coach? <laughs> you know what? Never say never. It's uh, look, right. I, I never thought I would be interviewing all these people in my life. I, I really don't. Um, you know, the people I've had, I've never thought I would have guests like this ever in my life. So never say never. I mean, who thought COVID-19 would happen? Like, honestly, you know, we've seen movies about this kind of stuff. So look, the reality of life, you don't know every second counts, you know, you don't know what tomorrow has to bring you. So, Hey, you never know. Maybe that would be a dream come true having Coach Manny Diaz or whoever's the next head coach of the University of Miami. So, how often is that head coach rotation that you've noticed? Uh, every three to four years. It's uh, yeah, yeah, which isn't yeah. a good thing. So, like our previous head no. coach, like, <laughs> turnover. Yeah, yeah, like randomly retired. So that really kind of shook things up. But it's been traditionally three to four years, which is not good. <laughs> no. no. Um, gentlemen, if you guys don't have any other questions, I think we're going to throw it to promos. You got anything else? Nope. All good here. <laughs> awesome. Let's throw it to promos. And then as soon as we get back, we'll be going into our quick this segment. So we'll see you in a second. Hey, Cammy. Hey, Bryant. What do Robin Hood, Vlad the Impaler, and Mothman have in common? IDK, what? Well, they're all topics on our podcast, Mystery, where each week we discuss a new myth and the history behind it. That's Myth Story with an I-E. See you then. I feel just a, a slight bit of embarrassment that uh, we we always think it's so charming the awoos, but now I feel a little <laughs> embarrassed about it. Um, before we jump into the the quick this uh, that I believe Michael's leading leading this week, mm-hmm. um, let's go ahead and take a second, and we're going to give Paul the opportunity to just uh, promote anything that he wants. Go ahead and take your time, uh, and anything you got, any socials that you got, any projects you're working on. Let's hear it. Yeah, um, check out my YouTube channel, The Scoop on the U on YouTube. Uh, if you'd like, subscribe, hit the like button. Uh, definitely uh, check me out on YouTube. I also have a part of the Believe podcast network called The Believe in the U as well. Subscribe. You want to put a five star review? Go for it on the Believe Podcast Network. Greatly appreciate it. Um, that's where you can find me on those two networks. I'm also on Twitter on the, at The Scoop U, so you can check me out there. 
Nice. Very cool. Nice plug. And and thanks again for coming on the show. We really appreciate it. I appreciate you guys for inviting me, man. This is an awesome experience. So appreciate it. <laughs> All right, Michael, take us yep. away. What you got for us? All right. So somebody have a timer. I can get one set up here. We'll quick I can get you minutes. a timer going. All right. Just go to those old tiny stop porches. Yep. Ready, set, quick this. All right. <laughs> so I'm going to start off with a question here. Uh, when I ask you all what you what is the first thing you think of when you think of like England and the British? England. Uh, is this direct for me to go first? Anyone. Yeah, man, Anyone. go for it. <laughs> uh, so, like, I feel like England, like, per se, like, very, like, everybody wants to leave England, go to, like, a very, um, the, the temperature there, it's always, like, cold and raining. So, everybody wants to leave and go to, like, the Mediterranean. Um, they love football. Uh, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, like, their football. <laughs> uh, very passionate about that. They're, like, you know, they, that's where, like, hooligans came from, the ultras, you know. So, they're very passionate about that. Um, at London specifically is like very strict and hardworking people, very corporate where like they don't play games like they're working 24 seven. So that's that's really what I think of is, you know, just cold, rainy weather, passionate about football and just very strict, uh, you know, when it comes to work <laughs> in London. Nice. I yeah, for it. sure. Yeah, uh, I think of and I think it's because I have a little bit of bias here, but I was reading the private chats from our showrunner, Chloe, and she was talking. (laughs) (laughs) She was talking about um, hating the Patriots. And as soon as you said England, I was like New England Patriots. So I guess that's the first thing I think about and how they had uh, the deflated ball thing happen to them. Allegedly, yes. Um, (laughs) Jeez. I guess when you said uh, England, uh, the first thing I think of is tea. Mm-hmm. Of course, you remember how he dumped all that tea in the harbor back in 1776, and that made him New York City, different angry. show. That was Boston. <laughs> nice try. Gotcha. Anyways, go on. <laughs> gotcha. So a bunch of interesting answers. For me, like, there's a few things that I immediately think of. I think of, like, the queen. Like you said, tea and crumpets. And I think of a really, really bad, like, cockney accent. Uh, <laughs> those are the first things I think of. <laughs> and I was trying to think like, I, I, so something you all might not know about me is my primary sport growing up was actually tennis of all things. Uh, I like played it super, super seriously, watched every single match on TV that I could. And I just loved it, lived, breathed, ate it. Uh, and tangentially Gross. to that. So like with, <laughs> when I think about England and tennis, the first thing anyone always thinks of is uh, Wimbledon, the championships. Oh. Uh, and for me, Wimbledon is the perfect representation of all things British. Uh, it is the only major that is still played on its uh, the original surface that they use for tennis, grass. Um, everyone else has moved to either clay or other composite services. No, we're going to stick with the traditional in Britain. Uh, along with that, there is a strict white dress code. So white only clothing for all players and royalty attending. Um, the main staple of the, uh, event for food wise, strawberries and cream, uh, <laughs> and good. there's comparative to all other majors out there. So there's like the other majors that you have are like the U S open, the Australian open, the French open, uh, and, uh, Wimbledon. It's the only one that is strictly named after its own self, um, Every other one, the entire stadium is littered with advertisements all over the place. Wimbledon, strict, no advertisement rules, except for a single one, Rolex. 
Rolex is mm. is the, the main fanciest handler. of advertisements. Exactly, <laughs> it really is. Uh, it is the main handler of all things timekeeping throughout the entire event. Because of that, they've earned their names on the walls of Wimbledon. <laughs> uh, and I've just gotten right back into tennis recently because I've been looking for something else to like, kind of look into. Wimbledon is just such a fascinating subject. Uh, it has so much history. It has remained historic. It keeps all of the traditions that it, it was originally founded with. And I just thought it was a really funny thing with all of these. It's just is so perfectly British and so wonderful. Yeah, it's the most hoity toity sporting event. I think oh, that happens <laughs> next to like if you count like chess competitions. Yeah, like, yeah. I think I think Wimble Wimbledon is one of those things where uh, if there's a movie that is like about some kid from the street being thrusted into like high class society, Wimbledon is the perfect place to be like. And here's where they mess it all up and get sent home. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like the, the closest I could think of in terms of like an American like institution like that, like founded in like America, raised up and all that uh, has all of its own like funny traditions. You've got Wimbledon, the American version, I'd say the Daytona, like 500. Yeah, weirdly enough. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> when you draw those kind of comparisons, I was scratching my head. I was like, what's what's hoity-toity over here in America? And I couldn't think of really anything. <laughs> we so don't, we don't really have much opposite, of that. It's just like the Daytona 500. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes the opposite is the most accurate. Going mm -hmm. fast, turning left. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. That's true. Our fact checker did just mention in the private chat. We do have the Derby. Mm. The Derby. Come on. Oh, God. We're, I should th I should have thought of that because that's my sister even works there. That's yeah. There you well, go. All right. Horses. Well, I'm going to stick thing? with the Derby, though. I think that comparison is <laughs> much better. Hey, you know what right, tennis great. is called on horses? It's called polo. So, right? Mm. <laughs> I, I don't think that's true. Let's go ahead and get out of here before we say some more dumb stuff that makes <laughs> Chloe have to pop up and do her little thing. Uh, once again, thank you so much for coming on our show. Everybody go check out The Scoop on the U. Even if you're not a Hurricanes fan, I bet that there's something on there that you're going to like listening to. And I know that in preparation for this and me going through some of your videos, I found a ton that I was like, man, this is still like super interesting. And like the people that he gets on. So it's worth checking out. Go check it out. Um, thank you again, of course. And... As always, uh, if there's something that you want to see us cover on the show, something that we haven't covered yet, or if there's something that maybe we can't cover, like Miami University football or the reason why college football is so important, as we did today, maybe you can come on as a guest. But the easiest way to suggest things like that to us is to reach out to us. Let us know what you want to hear about. You can find us. Our website is www.entertainthis.net. If you scroll all the way to the bottom of the homepage, you're going to find a little questionnaire that you can fill out. You can send your suggestions straight to us it can be a movie it can be music it can be a book it can be anything entertainment that's what we're trying to do here that's why this fits so well here um you can find us there or you can find us on twitter we are entertain underscore this you can find us on instagram we are entertain this podcast we also have a facebook page a twitch and now a youtube channel that we are posting more than just these videos on if you want something a little extra you can reach out in any of those ways as always entertain us so we can entertain you, and you can entertain this. Special thanks to Paul from Scoop on the U YouTube channel for being our guest on this episode. 
Additional commentary is provided by the Entertain This crew, Michael Savoya, Alex Steele, and Nick Mustakangas. Our showrunner and resident fact-checker is Chloe Price. Our theme music is Rush Mobile by Aaron Spencer, with additional interstitial music by DJW. Tune in every Friday for new episodes, and thanks for listening.